I have already started wondering what you and I are going to podcast next. <laughs> I was like, are we going to do Felicity? I don't know, but there will be something. I have never watched Felicity end to end. So what in God's name? Are you team Noel or team Ben? Guys, look, I don't know. And I you, I will know. Catch us in 2027 with our Felicity podcast. Oh, Dawson, look, there's your mom. Back to you, Bob. Welcome to Back to You, Baba Dawson's Creek Podcast. We are your hosts, Christina and Micah, and this is episode 106, Baby? Baby, originally entitled Look Who's Talking. Every season one episode was named after a movie to reflect Dawson's love of movies, but they were renamed when it hit streamers. So on HBO Max and Hulu, I believe it's called Baby. And originally it was called Look Who's Talking. What is our Dawson's drink of the week? Today we are drinking a Brandy Alexander. It is cognac or brandy, creme de cacao, cream, and nutmeg if you want to. I'm I'm not huge on the garnishing. I'm a little... You just like to raw dog it. <laughs> I just raw dog it, baby. This one tastes kind of like a boozy milkshake. It does taste like a bougie milkshake. It does, Here's the thing. I am currently a, a tad bit hungover. So for right now, I'm just going to sip it and see how I feel as we go. The things we do for this podcast. You're drinking hungover. You know, I'm really making sacrifices. Last night was St. Patrick's Day and you're very Irish. I am very Irish. But you are putting the podcast first as you should. Something of note, tangent alert. Last podcast recording, I had one too many. <laughs> two, three too many. Dark and Stormies totally burned my finger off. Yes. Like legit, legit injury. Went to the medic, went to urgent care. The things we do for this podcast. No, he's really downplaying it. It's disgusting. (laughs) It looks like he has literal flesh missing from his hand. It's very Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger's face on my finger. I've been Zooming with my doctor almost every day. Um, he's been he's been wanting to see it every day. Anyway, you're drinking hungover, hot D, as our friend Alexis and Chris call it, hot D, hair of the dog, <laughs> and I burned my finger off. This is it. We'll we'll do anything for back to you, Bob. We are going to get into the episode recap. Lots happens. This episode opens. Dawson is in his bedroom and he's having movie night with Joey, and they pull out to reveal. It's an interesting cut where they reveal that Jen is in the room. And it's really awkward for Joey. She decides that she wants to leave because she doesn't want to be third wheeling Dawson and Jen. And Jen says that Grams is probably watching next door and that if Joey leaves, then she's going to have to leave too. So she's not alone with Dawson. And they both decide to leave, leaving Dawson alone on movie night. So later, Dawson reveals that Mitch and Gail are at a weekend marriage counseling retreat to try to fix their marriage in the wake of what happened last time with Gail's affair coming out during the hurricane. So Mitch and Gail actually aren't in this episode, but that kind of gives some of our other background characters, other supporting characters, a time to shine, uh, like Grams and Joey's sister, Bessie, in her pregnancy. You know, as we know, she's unmarried and she's pregnant, which is very scandalous for the small town of Cape Side. And this episode, she goes into labor. And through a series of errors, which we'll discuss later, Bessie cannot get any medical assistance and she needs to give birth at Dawson's house in his living room. 
And Joey ends up asking Dawson's neighbor, Jen's grandmother, Grams, to help deliver the baby because she used to be a nurse. And there's some touch and go moments, but Bessie ends up giving birth with the help of Grams and Jen to a healthy baby boy that she names Alexander. And during the delivery, Bessie's in a lot of pain and she's screaming and Joey needs to leave. And when Dawson's comforting her, she reveals that Bessie not only looks just like their mother who passed away, but hearing her have those cries and in that pain really reminded Joey of when her mom was in pain due to her cancer and chemotherapy treatments. And when Joey was by her side, she used to comfort her when she kind of made those same cries that Bessie was making during her delivery. And it just brought back all these horrible moments. And it's a really nice moment for Joey and Dawson. You kind of get to see their history and he knows what she's going to say before she says it. And he knows exactly what she's thinking. Bessie looks just like their mom and it brought back a lot of bad memories. But by the time the night rolls around, Bessie's boyfriend, the father, Bodie, is back. He was out of town for the day. No cell phones, 1998. And it's a nice little family moment for the Potters as they gather around Alexander and they say he looks just like their mother. He has her eyes. It's a really good episode for the Potters and you get a closer look at their family dynamic. But the main story in this episode is really Pacey and Tamara. Pacey is so excited because he asks Tamara out on a date and he says to her, I know we can't go on a date in Cape Side. Let's go to Providence or let's go to a big city. Let's drive an hour and we'll have a date like a normal couple. I really want to be a normal couple with you. And she agrees. And he's so happy. He can't help but tell Dawson. And he tells Dawson in the bathroom at school. And he checks under the stalls to make sure that no one is listening. He tells Dawson all about this. And then when Dawson and Pacey leave, we see that there is someone in the stall with their legs up smoking. And word spreads through school like wildfire jen ends up pulling dawson and saying there's this rumor about pacey it's crazy joey comes up behind jen and dawson and they're like did you hear this rumor about pacey everyone's talking about it everyone's staring at pacey and eventually tamara gets word of it and she clearly knows that pacey told someone because she didn't tell anyone and she says to pacey If you want to be a normal couple so badly, let's do something that normal couples do. Let's break up. And then Pacey's brother, Dougie, who we've said previously is a a deputy at the Cape Side Police Department. He approaches Pacey. He's heard rumors. So word spreads fast in this small town. And eventually it kind of culminates at the the school board meeting where they're going to discuss tomorrow, Miss Jacobs' future with the school. And Pacey ends up going to the meeting where... Tamara will not speak to him. Tamara's lawyer intervenes and she says, you know, if you have anything you want to say to my client, you could say to me. And Pacey is just so devastated because he's hurt Tamara and he's just blown up their whole relationship. And Pacey gives a very impassioned speech at the school board meeting where he says he made everything up because he's this loser who sits in the back of her class and fantasizes about her and he gets her off the hook. Later that night, he goes to her house. He is so excited to just connect with her again. He's happy she's talking to him again. And he says, I will never tell anyone anything ever again. I won't even tell Dawson. And she says, Pacey, I'm moving to Rochester. And they hug goodbye. So there's this whole other story with Jen and her grandmother, where, you know, Jen's been there a few weeks now, and they're starting to have a lot of growing pains. The honeymoon's over. They're really starting to get on each other's nerves. Gramps is very holy and Christian and Jen is an atheist and it's causing a lot of tension there 
things are starting to bubble over. Jen is saying she doesn't believe in God. And the way things are going right now, she's not even sure she believes in man. So they bicker the whole episode and during the delivery. But there's this moment, this moment of crisis where things are looking bad for Bessie. And Graham's is saying a prayer. And Jen comes through and she starts saying the Our Father. And it really calms Bessie down, which helps her have a healthy pregnancy, healthy delivery. So it's a turning point for Jen and Graham's. Jen is doing what Graham's asks, which is just fall in line and just trust me. I know what I'm doing. I'm a nurse. She needs to be calmed down. Pray with me. And Jen prays. And later, Graham's and Jen have a nice moment where they say, you know, we might not say we love each other, but we think it and we feel it. And Graham's asks Jen, you know, can you honestly say after seeing the miracle of birth today, can you honestly say you don't believe in God? And Jen says, no, she doesn't, but she might believe in the good of man. And that is why we named our Dawson's drink Brandy Alexander. That's why we chose that. Little beautiful Alexander came into the world this episode. He's so cute. So cute. So cute. Such a um a large newborn, but so cute. <laughs> Very large. What a big head on that child. So this episode was story by Joanne T. Waters and teleplay by John Harmon Feldman. So John Harmon Feldman also wrote episode 104, Carnal Knowledge, and wrote the script for this episode. Joanne T. Waters, I cannot quite figure out exactly what her story is she wrote one dawson's creek one gilmore girls and one to have and to hold which was a 1998 cbs show and i cannot find any information about her on the internet outside of her imdb so i'm i don't know she's kind of a mystery i was wondering about this so shows have writing staffs right where you show up every day you work as a team to plot out the season. You each usually get assigned a script. You write that script, but you rewrite it together. Every writer kind of gets their credit. They're all, we're all part of a guild called the Writers Guild of America. And by guild law, every show, if it's a 13-episode order, they need to give out one freelance episode. If it's a 22-episode order, they need to give out two freelance episodes, which means you assign a script to someone not on staff. Mm. And that's just kind of to keep writers in the guild who are not on staff currently, just kind of keep them working, spread the love. You know, it's a plan in place to keep writers working, even though they might not be on staff. A story by usually means the writer wrote the outline or pitched the act, the full story. Teleplay means that writer wrote the actual script, the dialogue, the words, the action. This was the first episode we'd seen, I believe, where the story and the teleplay were split because this episode does feel a little different from the rest of the episodes of the season. I can't put my finger on it. It doesn't get in the trenches with the teen dynamic and the romance. Yeah. So a part of me had wondered, was this pitched by someone not on staff? Maybe. So if you can't find anything on her, maybe... You know, maybe she wasn't on staff. So it's just this one episode of Gilmore Girls in 2000 and then that one episode of To Have and To Hold. It does say that she was credited as consulting producer on Gilmore Girls for two episodes and credited as creative consultant on Dawson's for three episodes. This is kind of a blind spot for me. Would you say that a story by 
credit. Like, could it be that she was just having a conversation and she pitched it and they were like, we like that. Let's bring you in. Or could it be like, maybe she was the script coordinator or something in the room and she, right? Like, how does that work? Yeah. So we have these jobs called script coordinators and writer's assistants and their responsibilities differ between sitcom half hour and hour drama. I come from the world where script coordinators are kind of in charge and they're in the room with the writers constantly, basically script coordinators and writer's assistant, whether it's hour long or half hour, they're responsible for, they're in the room with the writers. They have to get every word down that the writers say. So whether it's a brainstorming session where we're all going to discuss where the season's going or what's going to happen in this episode, if it's, they call it blue sky, where you're just throwing ideas out left and right, there's no bad idea. We're going to say, you know, Joey gets pregnant just like Bessie did, or Grams is going to deliver Bessie's baby. No, uh, Gail's going to, you know, the writer assistant script coordinator is get every word down so the showrunner can kind of sift through it all later. If you're a writer's assistant or a script coordinator, the goal is to be a writer, right? So showrunners will encourage writer's assistants and script coordinators to pitch, pitch ideas. If you're in a sitcom room, pitch jokes. Because if you're a writer's assistant and a script coordinator and you pitch when the room is stuck and you get you get the room past that hurdle, then you're the hero for the night, you know? So there are moments when the script coordinator or writer's assistant will pitch a story area. And if the showrunner loves it, they'll say, yes, let's do that. Let's give that script coordinator writer's assistant a story by credit. Oh, okay, cool. So it was Joanne, story by Joanne, teleplay by John, and then it was directed by Steve Miner, who we have talked about a bunch. He also directed the pilot, the second episode, and 104 Carnal Knowledge, which was also written by John Harmon Feldman. So this is Steve's fourth episode of the season. I wonder if John was just like the Pacey Tamara writer. Oh, yeah. This is a big Pacey Tomorrow episode. Guest cast shout out. There aren't too many new people in this episode, but for me, it's all about Grams. Mary Beth Peel. It's a, it's a big Grams episode. It, it's the Grams episode of the season, I would say. Yeah, and coming off of that last episode where Grams was not great, um, she was coming off racist, she, she was coming off impatient, she was coming off ungrateful like there were many things happening with grams in this last episode and this episode she really comes through and she is a little bit of the hero but i think it's important to talk about mary beth peel like she has such a wild life let's talk about it let's talk about her credits have to be crazy well first of all a lot of people don't realize that she was in her late 50s when this show came out. Like she plays so much older and she something about the way she talks and just the way that they dress her and her hair and all of that. She reads a lot older, but she was only in her late 50s, which is nuts to me. But I was reading a bit about her today and out of college, she was an opera singer and she for 20 years was a professional performing opera singer. And then she kind of transitioned into musical theater and Broadway. And that's where I saw a quote from her that said she kind of thought she was a singer who was acting. And then she realized she was actually an actor who was singing. Like she really identified with being an actress. I love that. Yeah. I think that you sent it to me last year, but Michelle Williams was accepting an award and she went up and her entire speech was dedicated to Mary Beth Peel. Maybe we could play some of it. Yeah. Whenever something good happens for me in my life, I can draw a straight line back to somebody who was meant to be here tonight, but 
Being a New Yorker means living in a reality that you are definitely not in control of. So she's not in the room, but she's in my heart. Mary Beth Peel played my grams on Dawson's Creek. I was an emancipated minor when we met. I was 16 years old and I was totally alone. Mary Beth Peel was the first artist that I had ever met in my life. She didn't call herself that, but there was something different about her. It was the way that she asked questions, the way that she leaned into conversations, and how excited she seemed for every moment of every day on our TV set. And I didn't know what this ineffable quality was, but I knew I wanted to pull my chair closer to hers. We started talking constantly. I learned that she was an opera singer. She was a Tony nominee. She was a mother. She crossed over from TV to film to theater like she was changing trains at rush hour. She could do anything. She lived an artist's life. She was brimming and bursting with energy. And she showed me that creativity was more than a mere profession. And all of this vitality was miraculously turned in my direction. Her smiling face was looking at me and she called me her girl. She told me stories about this place, New York fucking city. And she said it was somewhere that I could go and I could build a life. She said that I should try doing theater. I started reading plays and talking to her about them and she urged me on, yes, yes, that's wonderful, my girl. You should do that, you should try that. I wasn't an artist or a mother. I wasn't even a high school graduate. Honestly, I was barely even a Michelle. I had just gotten people to stop calling me Shelly. <laughs> but now I was Mary Beth's girl, and that made me a somebody. So I'm grateful for this honor because it allows me to look backwards in time and realize that I couldn't have played Wendy Carroll or Randy Chandler or Marilyn or Gwen or Mitzi Fableman without having first played Jen Lindley. It's so sweet. I did I did know that Mary Beth Peel was a lot younger than she was playing, but I remember that I didn't always know that. And when I knew it, it blew my mind. I knew there was like a little Sophia Petrillo thing happening there where she was playing much older. Yeah. Is Mary Beth Peel alive? Yes, she is alive. She was at recently at the um reunion, actually. So I thought she was, but then the Michelle Williams tribute thing made me question maybe she had passed. She's 82. And she looks exactly the same, to be honest. I have so much more to say about Grams, but we'll definitely get into how good her performance is in this episode. Oh, also, she's one of the few, obviously the four main cast, but second to them, she is the one who was in most of the series. Absolutely. I mean, I'm shocked at how many people plan on rewatching this with us. A few people are going to watch it for the first time. So we obviously don't want to spoil too much. Grams is a pivotal part of the series. She is with us until the end. There are certain characters on the show now that will fall off. She's she's in it. She's so good. And I think it's like a really inspiring story that what you said that she thought she was a singer who was acting, but she was really an actress who was singing. That just shows you never know. Like you could fall, fall into something that really changes your life and becomes like one of the highlights of your life. I, I also kind of felt that way with Michelle Yeoh and in, in her speech, she said, she didn't say never give up on your dreams. It wasn't that simple, but it was no, like... No, she said a woman is never past her prime or, yes. or don't count out a woman that you think is past your prime. It was amazing. It's never too late to 
try something new. Like I just took up skiing. Oh my gosh, you did. First time skiing. We both just took up <laughs> podcasting. <laughs> we are in our prime. Oh, oh, my prime. My prime is coming gone 90s <laughs> my prime was january 1998 <laughs> yeah so graham she definitely deserves the guest cast shout out even though i mean i've talked about my love of leanne hunley this is leanne hunley's <laughs> final episode we may see her again wink wink but she's done she's moved to rochester she's going to her sister's house it's very jan levinson gould i have been thinking we are on episode six of yeah. honestly how many episodes of Dawson's are there? Hundred. There's over a hundred. No, I just looked it up because I wanted to be accurate about the Mary Beth Peel thing. There are a hundred and twenty-eight episodes. I have already started wondering what you and I are gonna podcast next. <laughs> I was like, are we gonna do Felicity? Friday Night Lights. I don't know, but there will be something. I have never watched Felicity end to end. So what in God's name? That was when I ducked in and out of. When did she cut her hair? Season two. If you need to ask that, then you haven't seen enough of it. Mm-mm. Are you team Noel or team Ben? Guys, look, I don't know. And I you, I will know. Catch us in 2027 with our Felicity podcast after we get through all of these episodes. This is something that I need to say. So people cannot comprehend that I'm team Dawson, that anyone is team Dawson. Yeah. So what I think we I think what we need to make clear is you hate Dawson and you are team Pacey for Joey, ride or die. Absolutely. I am team Dawson for Joey, ride or die. But I love Pacey. That's where we differ. You hate Dawson. I love Pacey. I love Pacey. There are times, and I will point them out to you as the series progresses, where I do like Dawson, but he is insufferable to me in this first season. And I get that. To me, love is accepting someone. Flaws, pros and cons. <laughs> Do I think Dawson has his flaws? Uh, 1000%. But at the same time, I think Pacey is insufferable sometimes throughout the series. And we, I think I remember the series a little better than you do. Because I think yeah. I'm a little more, I have no life, you have a life. And I, if I'm being honest, I did own all of the DVDs. But I rewatched the first three seasons over and over again and didn't watch as much of the later seasons over and over so i feel like when we get there i'm gonna be like oh my gosh i completely forgot this stuff yeah i can say that re-watching now the first season which i have watched a million times i'm noticing so many things i didn't notice before and like seeing it a completely different way so i am interested to watch it season one is a very special season i don't know if it's my favorite season but i think it's the season that i remember the most my favorite season might be season two but this is a very special time. So I think we have to like kind of appreciate it while we're here kind of a thing. Yeah. Season two, we meet some new characters who make such an impact. It's like when you think, when I think about the series, I think about them in addition to the four, the main four that we're dealing with right now. So like, there's a lot coming. There's a lot coming. Something I wanted to ask you as someone who has more hands in an hour long production than I have had. The house. Do you think the house is a set or is it a real house? They filmed in Wilmington, North Carolina. It's supposed to take place in Massachusetts. Do you think uh, the exterior of the house and the interior of the house are the same? Or what are your thoughts on that? Because I've been I've been wondering that. In my experience, I would say that it's a set. I just did a show that was shooting in Atlanta and there was a soundstage and we built an entire house on the soundstage. I would guess it's either a set or it's two different 
places. I bet they found the exterior that they loved and then they found that is an incredible. interior. That is incredible. They There are no hiccups. So Wilmington, North Carolina, I believe was actually the same place that they shot One Tree Hill. So it, mm. it is possible that there's a soundstage there. I mean, I'd, I'd buy it. No, totally. I was also reading, I think I said this to you, but I was also just reading that A Walk to Remember shot there in the same time period and used a lot of Dawson's locations. Yes. Long story long, I think Dawson's did such a good job because I literally did not even think about that until this episode. Um, We got way off track. I know. Because this is all about our guest cast. <laughs> we love Mary Beth Peel. When it comes to music moments of this episode, there's not a ton to choose from. There's not a lot of moments that really stand out. There's a lot of filler, kind of like Tomorrow's Driving Off, Let's Play a Song. But Seven Shades of Blue by Beth Nielsen Chapman, who has a lot of songs in the series as it goes on, plays when Joey holds her nephew Alexander for the first time and when Pacey sees Tamara at the end and it's the last time he sees her and she turns out the light and it's very touching. And we will be adding that to our Spotify playlist because I think it'll bring back some memories for you guys. It's just that classic like Dawson's vibe. Very folky. Past versus present in this episode. I have a few things and thoughts. What stood out to you? Again, we've touched on it, so I won't go too into detail. I think watching it back now, you really just see Grams in a different light. She used to be this really nitpicky, naggy character. And now you just kind of realize she... she was right a lot of the time and she had Jen's best interests at heart a lot of the time. The biggest thing that I found myself questioning this time around was, so Pacey, like Micah said, Pacey is talking to Dawson about Tamara gets caught and there's basically what comes across as a trial. Like it feels like they're in a courtroom, which is crazy because my dad was on the board of ed and it was literally like a folding table in a cafeteria. It's not like, oh, come down to the court of the board of education and we're going to make a ruling. But Pacey's parents are never alerted. Like there's no real action taken on the Pacey side of things. And Pacey just shows up and is like, no, it was all me. I made it up. And I don't know if that was a, a sign of the times or if it was just like the way that they had to write it. But now can you imagine if the, the second that anyone caught wind of a possible affair between a teacher and a student, the parents would be called, the parents would be brought in. Like, I feel like it would just be so different. As discussed, a girl in my yes. high school slept with three of her students. And when the rumor had started, they reached out to the victims to get statements before they had approached the teacher. Yeah, so I think... The writers really wanted Bessie to give birth in the Leary household living room. And I think because of that, I think the Pacey Tamara storyline, like their hands were tied. It all had to take place over one day, which is something we haven't talked about yet. This episode takes place in one day, which great for costumes. They don't have to worry about any wardrobe changes. <laughs> I really just think their hands were tied. With the, and I think the Pacey Tamara episode in practicality and logistics kind of suffered. But I think it all worked. I didn't clock it at all. The first time. I did. I mean, I thought I thought it was all weird how the rumor started one day. It got around. The school board called an emergency meeting. He showed up. She decides to leave. Like, it, it felt rushed. It did. But I, I get your point. Doug was the representation for Pacey's family there. And we had seen Doug previously with Pacey and Tamara. So it was like a nice little button. And Tamara does defend Pacey to Doug this episode, which is a nice little nod. Yeah, so we should get into that a little bit. So Doug 
Pacey's brother says to Tamara at the school board meeting, my brother has always been a mess up. We're so sorry that this is affecting your life and your job. And she said, you must be so proud that he's he's such a good guy and he's so intelligent and you must be so proud that he turned out the way he did. And, and by the way, Dougie, it's Miss Jacobs because he calls her <laughs> Tamara. It is nice to see Tamara defend Pacey in that moment because she hasn't made up with Pacey yet. It's right after Pacey gives his speech, you know, exonerating her. But it gives you really, it gives you a lot of insight, which will come back later, that Pacey is the outcast of his family, which is what they're sprinkling in right now. So I wrote down a bunch of stuff in this episode, but my first question for you is how did you feel about that opening? This is the first time we open an episode and it's not just Dawson and Joey in Dawson's room watching a movie. The cold open that is Dawson, Joey, and Jen watching a movie stood out to me because it never comes back. And in a show that's so masterfully crafted, I had wondered if a Joey-Jen scene was cut out. So Jen ends up giving assistance to her grandmother in regards to Joey's sister's birth. So in my mind, there must have been a scene that was left on the cutting room floor where Joey and Jen have a bonding moment later. That's the only thing I could think of. I I don't know what the relevance was of Joey and Jen having an awkward moment at the beginning, unless it was to establish the dynamics of the episode. But yeah, it it might just be the writer in me. It just never came back. Yeah, could be. It's also just continuing because we don't get any of the the Jen Dawson Joey dynamic in this episode outside of that cold open and the next episode is really big on the Jen Joey Dawson dynamic they made up just felt like they needed something to keep it in our minds because the next one is a lot the next episode is iconic cannot wait Oscars it needed an Oscar a TV Oscar (laughs) give it an EGOT When we first see Jen and Grams together, Grams is complaining about Jen's calendar, her art Mm -hmm. calendar. Grams says, in my house, we don't ogle naked men. And Jen says, no, we pray to them. And Grams loses her shit. As would anyone. As discussed, I'm not going to use expletives in this episode because I used them in the last (laughs) few episodes. I felt very ashamed listening back. I'm maturing and growing and realizing one of my triggers. When people disrespect parents, elders grandparents anything like that mm-hmm. there's something about jen disrespecting her grandma there's so much that is a huge trigger for me i just i can't stand it i know that you've been talking about this for a few episodes and like how her overconfidence or like lack of awareness of other people's feelings really grates on your nerves but this episode i could not stand her i could not stand her could not stand her and it was twofold like it's it's grams and it's the whole thing yes. we're used to of like god and whatever But Grams is literally a nurse delivering a baby and like trying to keep Bessie calm, trying to have these three children help her deliver this baby. And Jen is in her ear every second. Like, are you sure you're doing that? Looks like a lot of blood, but like just constantly buzzing in her ear. And I was like, oh my God. There's this one moment where Bessie really starts to bleed a lot. And Jen, that stupid idiot moron, (laughs) says in front of Bessie, who's giving birth that's a lot of blood and then grams is like no it's okay that's a normal amount and jen says in front of bessie again no that's too much jen shut the hell up you are so stupid she's so yeah. stupid i hate her and i hate her stupid and... little hair flip i hate ugh, ugh. <laughs> 
She's so annoying. She doesn't know anything. It's not like, oh, well, back in New York, I spent time in the hospital. So I know she knows nothing. Nothing. She didn't spend time at the hospital. No, it's just, you know what it is? It's Grams could say the sky is blue and Jen would be like, no, it's purple. You know what I mean? Jen, she's just a contrarian. Yeah, it was too much. And but that's another thing that I noted was I'm I'm not a mother. I do not have children. I have been present for the birth of a child. And there are so many fluids and so much blood and so much there's just so much that comes out of a woman or a human with a vagina having a baby. And I'm just picturing Mitch and Gail coming home next episode being like, what the hell happened in here? Yeah, Dawson has a funny line like, oh, my mom's going to have a conniption when she comes home and sees what happened in her living room when she wasn't home. Yeah, they definitely need a new rug for sure. I also took note. So the the scene in the bathroom where Pacey is talking to Dawson about Miss Jacobs. So many things to say about this scene. What stood out to you on this rewatch? What stood out to me on this rewatch is how happy PC is. He's really excited to go on a date with this woman. And and it's just, you know, you know, someone's listening. You just know. And then it's just, it's like watching a train wreck in slow motion. How about you? So Pacey checks some of the stalls, but there is a guy sitting in one of the stalls. He's sitting on top of the toilet, so he can't see his feet, but he's smoking a cigarette. And he... Let's the smoke out at the end of the scene to like make us think mm-hmm. that he was holding it in the whole time. But I'm like, one, they had to have smelled the cigarette. And two, okay. why didn't he push in the door that was closed? He like pushed in all the open doors. <sighs> and the whole time I was just like, come on, Pacey. Like I and yeah, I mean, if you don't see feet, I don't he he checked under the stalls, he didn't see feet. And then this kid's this kid's hiding his feet because he's smoking. I don't know. I, I don't think you'd you'd think someone's hiding. Tamar said it in the last episode, they're getting sloppy. Like he and Dawson are just openly talking about her in the bathroom. Like, use a code name. Right. Dawson literally says Miss Jacobs. Like right. there's zero, they make it very clear. And like they call her Tamara and they call her Miss Jacobs. Like there's no there's no wiggle room for any miscommunication there. It, where yeah. if they said if they said Tammy or Tamara. Or call her MJ or call her I know. TJ yeah. or call her literally anything. So I buy it because Pacey's so excited and he checked the stall. This is me giving a note to teenage boys, not so much to the writers of the teenage show. Teenage boys, <laughs> look, if you're effing your teacher <laughs> and you're talking about it with your best friend in the freaking high Use school bathroom. Use a code name. Call her Jane. George, George Glass. <laughs> Jane, Jane Glass. That's a Brady Bunch reference for you kids out there. They don't need to know. They'll just think we're geniuses. Put that in your pocket and use it. We came up with it ourselves. Oh my God. Staff me. <laughs> Can I just say, yeah. shout out to Central Casting or whoever the hell cast these background actors when they're talking about Pacey in the hallway. Oh, mm-hmm. just where were the Emmys? Emmys for best background acting. Well, the girl who broke the news to him. So like Jen oh my and God. Yes, talk about that. Jen and Dawson are walking and then Jen says to Dawson and then Joey comes up. And so the three of them, Jen, Dawson and Joey are all in the hallway and they look and they see Pacey walking towards them. He's like unknowing. He hasn't nobody's told him this news yet. And then this girl comes over and whispers in his ear and she's so serious about her role of breaking this news to him. And then she just walks away and we're left with Joshua Jackson's beautiful face. Shout out to JJ. I mean, Ugh. 
Yeah, but that I loved that moment. I loved that they scripted it that way and blocked it that way. So it wasn't like our group telling him. It was our group getting to watch him receive that news. I love that. As as previously established, it's a very small town where everyone knows everyone's business. Everyone knows Joe's dad's a drug dealer and her mom died and her sister's not married and pregnant. And the small town relatability to me, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I come from a small town where everyone knew everyone's business. And when there was a scandal, everyone was on the phone. And also just like, how cute is Cape Side? There were a lot of like Cape Side establishing shots this episode, Wilmington, North yeah. Carolina, in reality. It's just giving sure. It's just cute. Just cute. Very cute. Love it. What you're saying about Joey and, and her family brings me to one of my other scenes in this episode that I love. Yes. <laughs> of her and Pacey sitting on the bench. And I'm not even I'm not even team Pacey. This scene was amazing. Chef's kiss. This is our first Joey Pacey scene. Like they've been in scenes together and they've butt heads in scenes, but this is her coming to him and kind of saying, like, look, I know what it's like to be the topic of discussion for everybody like the hot gossip whatever and trying to lend him advice or just comfort in knowing that like something else will come along and and wipe you out of everybody's minds but I loved it so good let's set the scene a little more so Pacey's alone he's sitting it's this day where his life imploded everyone at school's talking about him Pacey's feeling basically like dehumanized and just horrible horrible Again, the contrast of him going from a very high to a very low low. He's on a bench. Joey walks up. Take it away. So she sits down and and she's kind of just saying to him, I know how you feel. And he's like, how could you ever know how I feel? And that's when she lays it all out on the table. Like, I know what it's like to be the one that everybody's talking about. And he was like, how? And she's like, try living at home with your unwed uh sister and her black boyfriend and your dad's in jail and your mom died of cancer and all of these things that we know that people are talking about them in town but we i never really internalized until this little speech that like she's really has had a tough time at school you know like it's not just she's had a tough life people are taking notice of it and talking about it and she basically just says it gets better he says how and she says something new will come along right like it's like the gossip mill loves a scandal and you're going to kind of be fodder right now until a new scandal comes along and then Exactly. And then things will get better. It is a very cute moment. And they really are giving Team Pacey like some breadcrumbs along the way. They really are. Yeah. I feel like you may have said this early on, or maybe it was just you and me talking, but there is some sort of like palpable chemistry there. We're not yet thinking like, oh, these two are going to get together, but it, there's something there. They're kindred spirits. Absolutely. Yeah. The next thing that I wrote down is this whole sequence where so Joey's heading home from school it's after her conversation with Pacey on the bench and she Mm -hmm. runs into her sister broken down on the side of the road in her car and Bessie says I'm going into labor our phone is out and Bodie is on the road and the closest phone is at Dawson's house And Joey Mm -hmm. says, it's the closest, but it's not the most convenient. There's only one way to get there. And the next thing we cut to is Bessie and Joey. Super wide shot. Joey rowing Bessie in her little rowboat across the creek. And they stay on that shot for so long. It's amazing. And Bessie is like, I thought you were good at this. And Bessie gets up and takes the oars and starts rowing herself in labor across the creek And of course, Joey's like, oh, no, there's a hole in the boat. We're taking on water. And Bessie's like, that isn't 
water. <laughs> and Joey's like, what is it? Like, I don't know. It's just such a. I know. I kept waiting for Joey to react like, ah, ew, but maybe that's too sick coming. So one of the things I found interesting when they're rowing to Dawson's, Joey is in charge of rowing. She's not moving at a pace that is satisfactory to Bessie. Bessie takes over rowing and says, you're such a girl. I'm going to start calling you Josephine. That's right. Which in the cold open of the pilot, when Joey is telling Dawson, things are changing. I have genitalia. You have genitalia. You have more genitalia than you used to have. Big fingers, all these things. Dawson says, do I have to start calling you Josephine? So Bessie and Dawson both coming through with like very heteronormative burns. Yeah. My favorite scene of the episode is when Joey and Bessie arrive at Dawson's. They call an EMT. The EMT says, we're out of town an hour away. There's no way we're going to get there. They realize they're screwed and Bessie's going to give birth in this living room. So Joey goes to Graham's to say, hey, I know you hate me. I know you think I'm trash. I don't want to be here either. I have no options. I know you used to be a nurse. Will you please help my sister deliver her baby? That is my favorite scene when Joey goes to Graham's mm-hmm. and begs her to deliver the baby. I think it's amazing. There's a there's a really good moment when Bessie takes issue with the fact that nurse Ryan Graham's is going to help deliver her baby. She calls Joey a traitor or Benedict Arnold, something like Judas, Judas because Joey went to ask. Joey just has Bessie's best interests in mind. Bessie does not want Miss Ryan to deliver her baby. And then <laughs> Graham says something to Bessie at some point where she was like, I promise if you just do this and you give birth, I will resist the moment mm-hmm. at the end of this where you try to bond with me. When you look at me with admiration and gratitude, I will look the other way and I won't even give you the chance to bond with me. <laughs> yeah, And it's just amazing. She was like, I will do that for you if you do one thing for me. And Bessie's like, what? And Grams goes, shut up. <laughs> so good. It's so good. I'm so glad that Nina Rapita and like Mary Beth Peel had an episode to really shine, but not only shine like individually, but together. We should talk a little bit in more detail, DPC in Tamara breakup scene. He says, you know, from now on, I am like, he's so relieved that he put this fire out that he exonerated her. And he says, yeah. you know, From now on, I'm not going to tell Dawson. I'm not going to tell anyone anything, not even Dawson. And she says, yeah, you know, you're not going to say anything to Dawson because I'm not going to give you an opportunity. This is the moment, you know, we all saw coming. And he says, can I kiss you? And she says, that's how all of this started. But what I wanted to ask you was, do you think there was love there? Or do you think it was on her part, lust and a self-esteem crisis? And on his part, it was projection and also lust and more of a fantasy fulfillment yeah no I think I 100% think that that's what it was but I also when you're so young and your feelings are so big and your life experience is so small that sometimes you're like this is it like this is it and I think that that's probably what he was feeling do you think Tamara is Pacey's first love or no no now without revealing who you think it is do you think Joey is his first love or no no Right. Okay. 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 I know who you think it is. I agree with you. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think I agree with you on everything. I think Pacey and Tamara had a real relationship, but I think it was a lot was built on lust and the forbidden and the excitement and 
And also he was so interested in her and pursuing her so much. And she was coming off of this like train wreck of a marriage that she kind of talked about in the last few episodes and definitely feeling down on herself. And like, I think that this was just kind of to build her back up. You know what? I know I said it didn't have anything for past and present, but I think I do. I think that's it. I think at the time I thought they were, I think this was like a real relationship that was ending, but looking back at it, you see that this wasn't like a real, this relationship didn't have legs. That's not to say that there weren't real feelings involved. It just. Yeah. Yeah. And like, neither of them cried. Neither of them was upset. Like it was kind of like, this is over. And she says, this is the moment that we both knew was coming. This closes the Miss Jacobs chapter. It's such a distinct era for the show. When you think of Dawson season one or when we do, I think of this storyline and it's already over and we're only halfway through the first season. Like it was just, it made such an impact at the time. Yeah, it definitely ends sooner than you think it does in your head. I will say Graham's doing her crossword at the end of the day. I do the crossword every night before bed. I do New York Times crossword on the app. Yeah. And Mm. I'm like, am I Grams? Hashtag am I Grams? I think I might be. What day is, does it start to get hard for you? So I do Monday and Tuesday alone. And then I do Wednesday with my partner. We do Wednesday together. Thank God. Because I would never be able to show up. We have we are very different people who bring very different strengths. He's very, like he gets all the like geography, Mm. other countries, currencies, language, things like that. I'm like, huh? And I, I get all like the pop culture. Sometimes yeah. we'll do it Thursday. We do not bother Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But Monday, like, Tuesday do... make me feel like a genius. A genius. So let's introduce our first ever Creek Speak segment, which is a segment we're going to dedicate to the fans, the viewers, the listeners. I hope they're not viewing. They're just standing outside my window <laughs> as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> let's give them a show. We've gotten some good feedback, I have to say. One of the funniest, I have to say, fan reactions, Savannah and Vivian of Los Angeles wanted to know if I was really Team Dawson or if that was like a marketing ploy that you're Team Pacey and I'm Team Dawson. I was like, look, we need an angle. They hate Dawson so much and can't comprehend the possibility that anyone would ever be Team Dawson that they thought we were lying. But I truly am. Again, I love Pacey. I love Pacey. I just love him more with someone else. We'll get there and we'll We'll talk about why in a Dawson, Joey, Pacey, Joey conversation, there is one clear winner and it is not Dawson. I can love Dawson and Pacey. Those things aren't diametrically opposed. I, I love them both. I'm just saying in the context of Joey, I prefer Dawson. That's yeah. all. Well, I mean, we I, I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast or not, but on an episode of Watch What Happens Live, they did a live poll oh God, of Team Dawson yes. and Team Pacey, and it came back pretty much 50-50, which blew our minds. It blew our minds. Because even as Team Dawson, I, I feel ashamed to tell people that I'm Team Dawson, <laughs> which I shouldn't. I should feel proud. Hashtag proud. He evolves a lot, though, as we go. I don't know, though, actually, because now I'm thinking of some season three stuff where I'm like, oh, my God, he's just such a brat. He is, Well, we'll get there. We'll get there. We're getting ahead of ourselves. We'll get there. Guys. We'll get there. Yeah. Look, season three wasn't a strong season for Dawson. We're going to be honest. I think season four and season five are turning points for him, though. We'll get there. Anyway, we have a long way to go, you guys. We have a long way to go before we start our Felicity podcast. <laughs> <laughs> 
This I read this one to you earlier in the week. One of the first that we got, Tony mm-hmm. from New Jersey said, as someone with little to no Dawson's experience, these two hosts got me excited to finally watch. Christina and Micah's chemistry is contagious. Um, and you texted me back immediately and said, not the first time I've been told I'm contagious. <laughs> and it won't be the last. Uh, Thank you, Tony. Thanks, Tony. Team Tony. Forget Dawson and Pacey. Yeah, we mentioned it at the top of this episode, but next week's episode is iconic. It's one that when I think of season one, I think specifically of this episode. But yeah, it's called The Breakfast Club. So we will be drinking a cinnamon toast crunch, which is rum chata, vanilla vodka, fireball or any cinnamon whiskey. And if you want to do cinnamon sugar on the rim, go for it. I have had it as both a shot and like a martini situation. So delicious. It's actually kind of strangely reminiscent of the Brandy Alexander, kind of like a creamy milkshake situation. I got blackout drunk on them at my friend's Brent and Nicole's wedding. So shout out to the Mondays. She follows us. Shout out to Nicole. Again, follow <laughs> us, like it. us, send us comments. We're going to give you shout outs. We'll say it all. But that was a good first Creek Speak segment. We'll We'll hone it in as we go. Again, as said, if you guys want to DM us voice notes, my dream is that we play people's voice notes. Oh my God, love. I just love a fan shout out moment. I think it's important to note, I've had a few people reach out to me and say, I can't rewatch the show because I hate Dawson so much. Season one, look, we're just here for Joey Potter. All right. That's it. If you support women, you'll watch along with us. Back to you, Bob, supporting women. Back to you, Bob. One thing I can say that I think goes without saying, but I'll say it anyway. If this came out now, Taylor Swift's music would be all over it. Mm-hmm. And we together are meeting. You're in New York. I'm in LA. We are meeting in Las Vegas this week to see the Eras Taylor Swift tour. And the next time we record, we will have seen Taylor Swift, which is crazy. And our lives will be changed. Changed forever. We will have in-person contact and... We will have seen Taylor Swift. We will breathe the same air as Taylor Swift. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to sign off. Next episode is episode seven, originally titled The Breakfast Club, newly titled Detention. And we will be drinking Cinnamon Toast Crunch. The recipe will be up on our Instagram a few days before, as usual. And then we will update our Spotify playlist, as usual, every Thursday. And really follow us on Instagram because Micah is doing the most and is so dialed into the Dawson's Creek community on Instagram. I mean, I I think it's a good follow. I'm trying. It's running an Instagram is not shout out to like social media people. Jeez, it's not an easy job. It's like a full time. We are back to you, Bob Pod on everything. We're working on our Twitter, but Instagram we're hitting hard and we just love everyone following us. It's so fun. We just want to keep talking about Dawson's. I can't wait. I can't wait. I just want to do more. More, 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 more. Well, you're in luck because we have 122 yeah. more episodes to go. 114 more episodes. Well, when we get to season six, we might just do two first, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how we're feeling. All right. Dawson fans and Pacey stands. Dawson fans and Pacey stands. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time. Bye.